passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock. And waiting. Hello, Wei. Hey, what's up? Are you getting tired of me yet? Oh, I've been tired of you for years. But now I'm coming to your house. I know. Daily. Now you're invading my privacy. Yes. You and I now have a routine of of everything. I show up. I text the word here. (laughs) You open the door. Yeah. You've always got that hat on. Yeah. You're an indoor hat wearer. Um, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, in a work setting, I mean, I just, it, it looked natural. Yeah. And now in your house, it's just, it's its uh, its a good look. Okay, well, thanks. Why don't you get the fuck out of here? Whoa, whoa, of, whoa. I don't, I didn't know we were going to escalate it that quickly. It's, yeah. Hey, we didn't even welcome everybody to Rewind, Rewind a Smackdown. Smackdown. I was going to do that after the song, but okay. Damn it. Now we just ru- we ruined song? everything. <laughs> we ruined the whole surprise. You have been inside, way. Do you realize how cold it is outside? I have no clue, dude. I've been I've been indoors for, for the been, past month. I know. It's <laughs> minus twelve Celsius out for our uh, for our Fahrenheit friends out there. Geez, that is eleven Fahrenheit. Yeesh. It's pretty cold. I was gonna do a bit of shopping, but now I don't know. Yes. Well, um, oh man, this all this stuff happened at the perfect time. I'm so glad they fired us right before winter. Oh my god, could oh, you imagine? Man. Yeah, all that commuting too in the cold. Well, I mean, it's worse for you now. You have kind of the opposite of what I had. I used to travel to the office, which John works two minutes away from. Now he's got to come to my office, where where I live, upstairs, from. So. But mo- Monday night's way, it's you just sail. Mm-hmm. You just that's sail true. up here. That's true. Rush hour, I don't know if we could be friends. No, at that point. I don't that, think that, the, this show wouldn't work if we had to record in rush hour. I think we just call it at that point. Yeah. Like, uh, you know what? This yep. traffic is pretty heavy. Yeah. Well, uh, we will get into this review. Mm-hmm. But man, maybe it's because it was in my head after we had this discussion about how long it took us to watch Raw, knowing we weren't doing the show Monday night, that we were doing it Tuesday morning. Well, this show, I mean, we, we always do a Wednesday morning, but I just had so much other stuff. This show took me close to four hours to watch with. Seriously? I had to stop so many times. By the time the graphic came up at the end in the corner to signal the end of SmackDown, I thought I had sat through WrestleMania. It felt so... Long. Mm. Wow. I started this thing at like nine and I finished, I think like 1245 or something. I finally got through this show and I don't even think I, cause I watched it online again. So I think, what did I have? I think I had the sky sports feed. I don't think I even had the commercial free. Uh, 
version either. Sportsnet, it was commercial free this It time. was commercial free on yeah. Sportsnet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was watching the... See, I had the Sky Sports feed, and then I guess what I switched over to, one of the matches did feature the picture-in-picture during the commercial break, Mm -hmm. which I think is specific to the USA Network. Yes. So I guess I was all over the place Mm. uh, with being away from my my DVR and having to watch this through alternative means. Yeah, I did not uh, take that long to watch it. I did take a nap partway through. (laughs) <laughs> but uh as did yeah. this crowd mm, I well know, i don't know about that. i also watched 205 live that that was the nap for this this gotcha this crowd hmm. of two two straight nights before we get to the review should we mention what's coming up oh yeah post wrestling you mean this is not it it's not just this, this. Is like we're gonna have a great week we're and then old. you know what go out on top uh we're a lot more than this now could retire as number one way i believe we're still number yeah. one are we? I haven't checked. Not that. only are we number one, we're something like number 17 or something. I don't know. Or even number five, I feel like we, we got as high as for Sports and Rec in like either Australia or the UK. Dude, UK and Australia, we're, we're killing it. I know. It's us and, and footy podcasts. Footy. 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 <laughs> they never appreciate when we talk about anything. No, I'm sorry. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so what's coming up? This week, Friday, we have our first retro review of the post wrestling era. Rewind away. We can call it that. Oh, okay. You're you're much more relaxed today about the rollout of well, these names. I think it's kind of obvious now. <laughs> oh, I wish we had a camera. We should have a camera going. All right. At all times sure. in here, way. Why don't I turn it on? It's not very exciting though. What I've what I've enjoyed about this process is that Usually right. it's me. I'm recording myself now. Oh, okay. This is John. Uh, well, if you were here 24 hours ago, you would have seen peak way. What do you mean? Because me and Way mm-hmm. had to do about 85,000 takes of just trying <laughs> to say the name of the show. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it it all worked out. Okay, this is not very exciting. Well, you just leave it rolling because you no, can't no, no, you can't no. force the 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 yeah, magic this way. This sucks. So Friday <sighs> review of Survivor Series 2005, which I went to my hard drive that I backed up my old laptop, mm-hmm. the old Dell, mm-hmm. onto my new Dell, and there were the notes. You're 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 holding. I know. Your coffee right above your keyboard. It's crazy. Uh, and I found the notes dated October 29th. Wow. So, so let's try to bring our mindsets back to October 29th, hmm. 2017. Well, I must have finished the show that day yep. if my notes were modified that day because I went to a Lucha T.O. show that night oh. with Jordan Breen. And you were... Uh, Getting ready for bed because the next day you had to go straight to work two minutes away. You want to know a funny story? Yes. At the Lucha T.O. show, I briefly chatted uh, with Jimmy Jacobs and we shook hands at the end and it was almost like he bestowed (laughs) upon me. It was almost like maybe in September he met someone that gave him this this bad karma of like what was going to happen with like... it's like he's took your employment. Yes. Yeah. It was a transfer of power. Yeah. You're right. Uh, and then and then the next day I went into work for uh, all of an hour. 
<laughs> and then he went to work at at impact at the next uh, amazing week. wow amazing so, how that works out. so there you go what a yeah. what an interesting uh, pass the torch is what you did that is that is what i did yeah that's what i did i was uh i was leaving the territory mm. <laughs> so that was my october 29th do okay. you have any recollection of yours Ooh. um i i let me let me look at my calendar you probably went to sleep at about the time i was uh, waking I was, up no i was probably a lot better at that time just cuz uh uh I believe I was out of town, just, um, I guess, on, like, sort of, like, a friend kind of vacation type of thing. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were going to get an extended vacation. Yes. Just didn't know it. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that is, everyone, the time frame. <laughs> we're, maybe we should series. try doing this review as if it was yeah. that week. Like, an alternate universe. Okay. Let's if do it. something had happened differently. Sure, done. Uh, so that's coming up this week, Survivor Series 2005, and we will also be announcing our first espresso-fueled review for our mm-hmm. next show, which, Correct. Rewind Away, will be a bi-weekly show. Yes, just like it was before, uh, and part of the reason is so that John could do a, a lot more research. Is that what? Is that the reason? You want to you make sure that these shows are filled with great knowledge well it was it was a number of things first of all we were doing them before and i thought i thought the shows were better when it was bi-weekly because when we were doing them weekly when we got up until at a certain point yeah granted i was doing ten thousand shows a week there were times where i was watching the show and then we like the night before and it was i know that there's a that's it's fine but i also for these events i i like to Really have some time to look into them and what mm-hmm. was going on at the time. I remember because you, you asked me a lot of damn questions during these shows, <laughs> and I've got to have answers for them. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I do remember there was a time when we were doing them weekly, where I think there were weeks where I just really dreaded doing them. You definitely did, because and that were, was, I think, part of the thinking of going back. They to were weekly. I mean, because these are far longer shows, and. I think it's one thing when we're watching SmackDown and Raw, when things are, when everything's relevant, when we can join in on a bigger discussion online, and things are kind of brand new and fresh. When you're watching a, 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 a like a ten, twenty year old two thousand and five WWE uh, random pay per view, and you have to sit through the undercard, that's the worst. You hated those. That sucks. But <laughs> if you are an espresso patron, you can put me through that, and that's fine. Uh, uh, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to going back. And now that we've kind of wiped the slate clean mm-hmm. of going back and reviewing some of these, because I have zero recollection of these events. You don't remember the Survivor Series, 2005? I watched Survivor Series 2005. I've got my notes for 2005, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I should at least rewatch some of it tonight. Because yeah, I kind of, uh, I, I, yeah. I, I just uh, discarded Survivor Series 2005 from my mind, but. Yes, go ahead. No, I was just going to uh, reiterate. So that's coming out on Friday for our... Uh, all uh, patrons. All patrons at the Post Wrestling Cafe, patreon.com slash postwrestling. If you sign up, get that RSS feed, input it into your podcast player, just like a lot of you figured out how to do with John and Way 4.life, uh, and then you can enjoy the show on uh, Friday. Uh, as well, for our double-double patrons and above, we will be releasing a reaction video from John and I to the launch of our website 
Uh, basically, John and I started rolling maybe five minutes before we actually hit launch. And there's like an actual launch button on my keyboard. I don't know if you can see this. Yes. Yes. They make that now. Or Max. Launch. <laughs> I made Anyway, so we, uh, we, we just started recording ourselves and we just started talking just to try something out for our new uh, feature for our Double Double and Above patrons called Post Production. And we just kind of let the cameras roll just on my cell phone, just like I tried to, to do here. But um, it was uh, it was cool. It was really cool. And, and uh, we want to kind of share that with everybody. Actually, how about this? Because um, this, because I believe nobody is like actually charged yet for their Patreon. It doesn't get charged until January 1st. I think I'm going to release this one for everybody. Okay. Everybody should be able to kind of like take in this moment with us and enjoy it. So uh, I'm going to release one for this one for free. And then in the coming weeks, it'll be uh, ex- uh, Patreon exclusive. So uh, go to patreon.com slash post wrestling and uh, you can check this out. Yeah. We're going to be shooting a lot of videos, um, stuff that. Um, yeah. Do just doing a lot of that stuff. So those people at the double double level, you'll be getting and above lots of these. Yeah, double um, double and above. So I'll be releasing that tonight. All right. So patreon.com slash post wrestling. Uh, if you're signed up by Friday, you will be getting our review of Survivor Series 2005. And the final thing is Sunday, our best of 2017 show. That is free to everybody. Uh, just subscribe to the iTunes feed, whatever your podcatcher is, and that will be out. With myself, waiting, Dan the Mouth Lavransky, and Jason Agnew with a roundtable best of 2017 show on Sunday. But now it's time to get into Rewind a Smackdown. As if they don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. They talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind a Smackdown. Rewind a Smackdown. Rewind a Smackdown. Huge thank you to the Identity Crisis, Paul, doing a great job. Colby John and the Identity Crisis have been, uh, we're, we're adding them to the Robert Brocky wall of post fame. Yeah, I mean, they're, you know, who else is on that, would you say? There are a number of people on that. I'll put the archivist up there. Obviously. The archivist. The uh, fact checker. He's got an 8 by 10 there. Some uh, of our old school, uh, 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 you know. Jay people. Hunter and his Ted DiBiase Definitely. outfit. Scott, Scott McCullough, Ahmad's got, got to be up there. Uh, Ahmad's got to do a little catch up. Oh, I really? I think a little. Come on. Yeah, no, I mean, he, I, I. He's kind of fallen. I mean, he doesn't call. He doesn't write. True. True. Um, All right. So, well, we'll consider it. But, but thank you to uh, both. Colby John and the Identity Crisis. You can check them out at colbyjohn.com or theidentitycrisis.com for all of their great work. They are fantastic musicians, and we uh, thank them for lending their talents for our little show. Yeah, well, we actually, uh, me and Wei refused to move forward unless we got these songs. Um, it was necessary. Yeah, pretty much. That's not really... I'm, I'm not kidding. Joke. We We... We mainly went with the names of these shows so that we could have easy edits to keep these songs. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. They, they are the uh, the foundation mm-hmm. of the show. So let us get into SmackDown Live. On Boxing Day, way. Not just a Canadian reference on this show. Yeah. they. I mean, is it a bigger thing in America now? I don't Boxing think it's... Day? I was told it's not even a thing in huh. the U.S. Mm, okay. 
There are a lot of Canadians on this show, though. Yes, there are. The Allstate Arena was home to SmackDown, so two straight nights in Chicago. Um, They gave a huge number on TV. I don't know what the actual attendance was, but this looked pretty damn full for two straight nights of television tapings on top of a big show that they were running concurrently at Madison Square Garden. Um, So this is always one of the big, big weeks of the year for the company, their post-Christmas house shows, which will include Toronto on Saturday night at the Rico Coliseum. Jimmy Fallon was at the house show on Tuesday night. Oh. Not a SmackDown viewer. We actually have a report from it. From Jimmy Fallon? No. No, I know. Someone that was there as well. Matt Hardy came out to his new piano theme. Yeah, maybe we'll read it after. All right. Sounds good. Daniel Bryan came out to start the show, and fans are chanting for him, and he's playing to the Chicago crowd, says... Maybe I'll be able to wrestle in about nine months, and the Elite are looking at running a show here in Chicago, so buy your tickets. We're all in. (laughs) That's what he was probably thinking. Brian replays uh, Dolph Ziggler's speech from last week and leaving the U.S. title inside of the ring. Brian has tried to call and text Dolph Ziggler. So, by not getting a response, he has voluntarily relinquished the title. Now, I feel he could only voluntarily relinquish the title if the text was marked as red. Mm. If Ziggler didn't get it, I mean, he could be away for the holidays. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, yes. What he should have said was, Ziggler did not show up for work tonight, and therefore, he has breached his contract, and the title is vacant. Right, because there could be cellular issues. We what what if there was a family emergency? Yeah, he lost his phone. Could have could have thrown his phone away. Yeah. Could have upgraded to a new plan, but had to switch his number. Mm-hmm. A lot of possibilities, but not showing up to work should have been the, the, the straw that broke Ziggler's back. So he wishes Ziggler the best. This started a Rusev chant. Probably the most over guy on the show mm-hmm. was Rusev. One yes. day removed from the legitimate Rusev day. Mm-hmm. And Brian also called Ziggler... One of the all-time greats. All-time. All-time way. Mm. From from the birth of memory till the present. From the Anyone big, that has yeah. identified themselves as a professional wrestler, when you break it down to the, the core, Dolph Ziggler. I agree you know, with he thinks that. Santo, Ricky Dozan, Dolph Ziggler. I agree with that. Of course. He says we need to move forward, so he announces a tournament for the now vacant United States title, and it is going to start tonight with Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode. But before any more can be announced, Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable interrupt, and Gable asks about the tag title situation. The crowd just starts chanting Rusev Day, and Brian brings up the fact they had a shot at Clash of Champions, and they lost. But they state... It wasn't fair. They never got a one-on-one match with the Usos. There were other teams involved in the match. And Benjamin mentions Rusev. And the crowd just continues to chant for him until Aiden English and Rusev walk out. English sings his promo with three reasons why they deserve to face the Usos. And they just milk this chant uh, to get the most out of it. And right as Aiden sets up the crowd to chant, After he says, what day comes after Christmas? Gable just says, it's Boxing Day. And Rusev says, no, you fool. 
it's Rusev Day. Mm-hmm. That's right. When did um when did Chad Gable actually turn heel? They just did. They nope. didn't have a moment. They've nope. just kind of uh when he started suplexing guys. Hmm. He's a heel now. Yeah. All right. Why do a long involved story to explain it? I mean he's yeah. just sometimes people just turn into jerks out of the blue. Um, you know, in this U.S. tournament, I think it's a good call. It'll take up a few weeks of TV time, which the, they have a lot of over the next several weeks, and it gives the writers a break. And then Ziggler comes back to challenge the champion. I guess so, man. Yeah. New Day is out, tossing out pancakes. They do the Kofi Kingston true-false test. Big E refers to the team in the ring as Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, and then they laugh at their mistake. E says that Gable and Benjamin were pinned at Clash of Champions, and then they beat English and Rusev last week, and they start shaking their hips with Daniel Bryan, and Rusev says, no one wants to see that, and he asks Bryan if he can make up his mind or if he has to ask his mommy, Shane McMahon. Bryan says all the teams have made valid points, so he made a triple threat match, and the winners will face the Usos for the tag titles, and the Usos come out to join commentary. So what did you think of this opening segment, the, uh, the first hour Designed to eat a lot of time. Hey, it was all about Rusev. All about him. And I was just... I I mean, I, I'm still trying to figure out how this happened. What exactly the guy did. Because te- if you just look at it uh, from a, I guess, a, I don't know, like a textbook sense, there's nothing he really did that really would have um, had anybody predict this type of reaction. It, I think it was just one of those, like, really organic things of fans really just a character people do like amusing. in Rusev a lot a very yeah but could you say why can you say why he's got enormous charisma but I think the key was Aiden English I think he deserves a lot of credit for the yeah. singing and getting that Rusev day line over I mean it was a one week throwaway line that I think Aiden English put a lot of life into and helped take this over um, sure but Rusev is enjoying all the benefits of it but it, but it's certainly one of those things I don't think you could have you really couldn't have predict and, no and but, most but, of the things that get over in wrestling that's what happens it's not maybe. things planned out down to a T it's things that the audience just latches onto yeah but it certainly felt like they were running with it here and it was really nice to see because I think uh, Rusev is extremely talented and I really I'm happy English is getting something that is working for him Shelton and Chad Gable versus Aiden English and Rusev versus Big E and Xavier Woods. Gable did a spot German suplexing both Big E and Aiden English at the same time. Rusev then tagged in for the big pop. The Usos are asked what you have to do in a match like this. And the response was, you have to keep your head on a swivel. (laughs) CM Punk chants began as the fans got bored. Big E started being uh, double teamed and hit a double clothesline to Gable and Benjamin. Woods comes in. Uh, Gable went for his chaos theory to English, but it stopped with an insiguri from Woods off the apron. Then Rusev powerbombs Gable and Benjamin off the turnbuckle. English goes for a splash from the top for a near fall on Gable. Woods gets a roll up. Rusev kicks out, head kicks him, and then he applies the super accolade to Chad Gable and Xavier Woods at the same time. Benjamin breaks that up. Big E then did his crazy spear to the floor, nailing Benjamin off the apron. Fires up. B 
big ending is teased, but is stopped by Shelton. They hit a flying knee to Big E, lift him up, and Gable comes off the top with their heart attack-like finisher, which doesn't have a name yet, and they win the match, Gable and Benjamin. So they will face the Usos for the tag titles. A really great match. I thought this was a match that actually benefited from the lack of a commercial break because it just kept a very high, entertaining pace throughout almost all of it. I found The complete them- opposite of the opening match on Raw. Or the Baron Corbin match that we're about to talk about. Uh, I thought the role of this match was really just to get Rusev and English over, as well uh, to a, to a, to another extent, um, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Um, there, those two spots that were designed for Rusev, I thought were fantastic. His hot tag was excellent. Just him coming out, kicking everybody in the head. English doing the frog splash, I thought was awesome, especially as a babyface. I mean, really, you can't do that move with the Eddie Guerrero tribute that he that he was doing, unless he was a babyface. So it feels like they're going like full on here with Rusev and English as babyface uh, tag team, uh, as a babyface tag team. And I think it's a good move. I think they're only going to get hotter and it's not going to cool down anytime soon. You put the belts on Gable and Benjamin and then have them fight Rusev and English for the belts. Brian was in his office and Shane showed up asks him about his Christmas, and he says it bothered him last week when Brian made the comment about Shane turning into Mr. McMahon. And Shane defends his father, saying his management style can be ruthless, but he tells Brian to give him his due. My father built this business and empire by himself. He has changed sports entertainment into what it is today. He has redefined this business, and he's my father. Brian states Shane has been throwing his weight around And he is seeing aspects of his father in Shane. And Shane compares, stating that Brian just started this tournament, even though Baron Corbin was owed a rematch and should have just made Corbin versus Rude for the title. Brian said, have you ever booked episodic television before, Shane? One match unpromoted tonight, you fool. And he wanted to give the opportunity to several people on the roster. Shane then asks about the main event between Styles and Owens. He says, you didn't even ban Sami Zayn. I mean, talk about telegraphing the finish. Brian said, fuck you. That was our best feud this year, and they're going to go out there and kill each other. Shane said, okay, cool. Mm. I thought the lines uh, of, you know, mm, I guess who is the clear heel and babyface in this feud were a lot less blurred here. Shane, I felt, was certainly leaning a lot more heel in this one. But that doesn't mean he was, you know, necessarily being a dick. He just kind of came across as a guy who mm, maybe is just so firm in his beliefs that he is kind of uh, starting to lose his logical mind a little bit. And I, But I think he's playing it really well. I think Shane is doing a great job in this role. Brizongo was out, and they showed the clip of the Fashion Files, which is now a WWE.com exclusive. And it featured a segment with the Ascension, where the Ascension got Brizongo the gift of redemption by getting them a rematch with the Bludgeon Brothers. So Brizongo took on the Bludgeon Brothers. Brizongo attacked them immediately with drop kicks. Harper blocked the Tornado DDT and hit a spinning side slam. Rowan then did the atomic drop, nailing Breeze face first into the edge of the apron, onto the edge. Harper then slaps Rowan to get him all fired up, splashes Breeze, hits him with a big boot, 
And then they hit their killer bomb. Fandango is knocked to the floor. And then Rowan tosses him into the barricade. But before they can finish them, the Ascension Rundown attack the Bludgeon Brothers, causing the disqualification at 2.06. And they lift Brizongo and carry them to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems something to keep the Bludgeon Brothers busy. It's as though we have two tag divisions on SmackDown. Well, you kind of have your undercard tag team division, and then you have your main event tag team division. Um, They obviously want the Bludgeon Brothers separate from the tag teams that are all fighting over the titles. I imagine they're probably setting them up for something at Mania. You know, they seem like the, I guess, biggest threats in the division to anybody right now. Uh, We'll see how this Rusev-English thing shapes up. I don't think anybody expected them to get as hot as they have. So it's it's interesting to think about where the tag team division will be come Mania. But I have to this, say... These could all be Andre the Giant Battle Royal participants, well, let's too. Hope, let's hope not, because I think SmackDown's got a really healthy tag, tag team division right now. And you compare where they were now from last year, when I think the tag teams were, were some of the weakest uh, things about SmackDown. Um, this year, they've completely turned that around, I think. Naomi is walking to the ring. Tom Phillips notes she picked up some momentum at the expense of the Riot Squad last week. Dasha is with the Ascension and Brizongo. The Ascension called Brizongo their best friends. The Bludgeon Brothers cross the line. And Victor says that their best friends are challenging the Bludgeon Brothers to a rematch next week. With the the tease that the, the Ascension was going to step up for their best friends. But instead they're throwing them to the Wolves again next week. It's amusing, it's funny, I, I like the angle, but I'm a little concerned when you have the Bludgeon Brothers' first program being basically kind of like the foils in a comedy angle with Fandango and Tyler Breeze. Yeah, there's nothing comedy about the Bludgeon Brothers. I mean, there shouldn't be. Come on, they're ultra serious. I know, this is serious stuff. Yeah. Stephanie's uh, Royal Rumble feature aired. I think we should just, it should be, it should just be called Stephanie's Royal Rumble. Sure. The Stephanie McMahon created Royal Rumble. Yeah. And everyone's got to say that line. Okay. The Riot Squad is out and we got a Ruby Riot pre-tape. I'm not saying that she's hitting a Bludgeon Brothers level, but this was a quotable promo. This was corny. Rumble is just a fancy word for Riot. So that gives me an advantage. The Royal Riot. I'll be the last one standing, and Naomi will be my first elimination. But why wait? Tonight, that glow has got to go. Really corny lines. Not something she needs. Um, this this felt like something from Glow, when they're cutting like those promos with Mark Marin. Yeah, I don't I don't know about some of those lines. I think it's more pronounced with Ruby Riot's character, who is like this. This punk rock I know. wrestler in NXT, and there's less of that on the main roster, but still, she's like the two groups that have come out, they were outlaws when they were showing up. So when she is doing this promo, it just doesn't suit her at all. The pro like she I, I think they're taking the punk thing too uh literally. They're kind of turning her more into like Avril Lavigne than like like I don't know, uh, Susie, Susie Sue, or something. Yeah. You know, she's losing her grip on her character, and it's getting really complicated. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. But I really feel like that generic punk track that she comes out to really needs to go. It's, I think it's 
it doesn't suit the character. She needs to be a lot more intimidating. And saying lines like, tonight, that glow has got to go. I don't know. What does that even mean? It's going to shut snuff her. It's going <laughs> to kill her. Wow. Yeah. Why couldn't she have just said that? Tonight, I'm going right. to kill you. It would be way better. Do you know how impactful like a WWE insert promo would be yeah. if they just put in a line that would just blow blew your mind away? Sure. Like, tonight, I'm going to slit your throat, bitch. <laughs> you would totally remember this. You'd rewind it because you'd think you heard something wrong. Like, like when I thought that uh, Sami Zayn uh, called Aiden English a terrorist when he had actually said he's a, what was it? It was like something completely different. Like he's a bad know. singer or something. Can't sing. Something like that. How do you get terrorists from can't sing? I was not the only one who noted this. There was a listener who told me they heard the same thing. And I had rewound it like three times to listen to it. Because like I just explained, it was a line that just sounded completely out of left field. Mm. And I, so I went on Twitter that night and I typed in, uh, Sami Zayn terrorist. And like, all these things came up where everyone else had heard the same thing I did. Mm, okay. We were wrong, but it sounded like it. So maybe that's their key. Get words that sound like something awful, mm-hmm. but you have the plausible deniability of saying it wasn't that word. Dasha, oh God, we, we passed Dasha already. Ruby, Riot, and Naomi. They recapped the Riot Squad's attack on Naomi weeks ago, which we got... Uh, Man, just wrenching my heart here. This attack way on Naomi took place in late November, days before Naomi's birthday. She was bedridden on her birthday. Mm. Sad. They traded strikes at the beginning. Naomi leaped off the rope and nailed her with a kick. Then Liv Morgan got knocked off the apron. Sarah Logan was on the apron. And Naomi went for her. But this allowed Riot to hit her in the knee and hit the, wait for it, Riot kick for the win. In 57 seconds, as we gear up for the women's evolution, where they've come. The match was unfortunately a little too fast. I thought somebody, the status of Naomi needed a bigger fight before suffering a loss, uh, or at least a more convincing distraction finish. This just seemed to go by a little too fast to be believable. But uh, At a time that they're getting all this attention, like they're pushing this narrative to mainstream outlets of the fact the women's division, they wanted more time. Like, don't you think, especially now that if we have to do a 57 second match, it shouldn't be for the women. And this was the only women's match on the show. Mm -hmm. The riot squad continues to attack Naomi. Charlotte runs down for the save until Sarah Logan drops her with a boot. And then riot hits the riot kick to Charlotte and tosses her to the floor And then Natalia comes out with Tamina, Lana, and Carmella. They have a stare down. The Riot Squad backs off. So the women go after them. And the Riot Squad cower and run away again Mm -hmm. to the back. They do that too much with these these three. They ran away twice in 30 seconds. I know. Like, they always have them outnumbered. Um, I feel like they really need a few weeks where they actually stand on top at the end rather than retreat because... They certainly don't feel like threats right now. They don't feel... I mean, you have Ruby Riot coming out reading really corny lines, and then... They need a strong speaker. And well, R- Ruby can be in that role, but she's got to be... Um, her, script, her scripting needs to be better. 
I think her their actions need to be a lot more threatening. Uh, taking out Charlotte was great. Taking out Naomi is good too, but they, you know, to to have them look like they're cowering at the end of every episode, I I don't really understand what they're trying to do. Renee Young was backstage with AJ Styles, and she said, "This was undoubtedly your year on SmackDown Live." The audience is chanting for AJ. He says he's going to prepare for tonight with the chance of Sami Zayn running in, just like he treated the Sings with Jinder. When they step in the ring with him, he is always the favorite, and his opponents are the underdogs. He started the year as champion. He's ending it as champion. And Owen is Owens is going to have to outwork, outsmart, out-hustle him. And nobody did that to me in 2017. Next year will be no different. I think AJ is a great babyface champion. He reminds me a lot of Brett when I used to be a huge fan of Brett as a child. He's somebody who's not the most charismatic, but he's so good in ring that he just needs to be a decent promo. And AJ is above decent, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And he, you know, just even as a decent promo, coupled with how great he is in ring, he's already everything you need in a franchise guy. And so... Uh, and having those guys that you can put as a babyface top guy, mm-hmm. those are, have been in short supply for this company. Completely. Unfortunately, like, if you look at their history, I suppose John Cena being an exception, they, like, I'm just thinking about Brett's push, for instance. They really, Vince didn't necessarily just leave the belt on Brett. He kind of used Brett as a transitional champion for a lot of other people. And I wonder if AJ's in that role right now. I, I don't think they have, you know, plans of keeping this like AJ being the focal guy but he's one of the guys on at least Smackdown which is it is the number two brand but I I think things are in it's a much better um option than what gender was for this show and I think I don't who else on Smackdown do you see at the moment that you can put in that role Mm. what do you what do you think the Smackdown Mania program would be right now Styles Nakamura hmm that would be my that's direction. Great. Yeah, that's good. But it's also contingent on really heating up Nakamura because yeah. he's... Uh, Who'd be the heel? The artist has been very paint-by-numbers <laughs> of late. Nakamura as a heel? I don't even like the idea of one going necessarily in as a heel. I push I mean, it as this that's a match career you... rivals yeah, that are match... finally having this collision. I mean, yes, they've they've had... A match together before mm-hmm. uh, they've had matches before but the first time in the wwe at wrestlemania and they're just they're going for the title is the focus and it's just it's it's a dream match for people that they're finally meeting at a wrestlemania that would be my my direction and less so i, I don't want to see either as a heel i don't want to see a traditional you know aj runs him over with a car kind of build up because i don't think it needs it um Bobby Roode, Baron Corbin, Way's match of the night. Graves several times on this show. Couldn't say Ziggler vacated the title. He abdicated the title. Oh, right. He abdicated. Corbin drove him into the apron, into the barricade. He was in control forever. Roode began his comeback. He clotheslined Corbin over to the floor. One of, one of Corbin's moves is that he hangs his opponent onto the ropes from his feet on the from the outside of the apron. He does all this just so he could punch him in the stomach. 
Well, he also <laughs> he's really he's the least efficient wrestler on this roster. Like he does that move where he does like his goddamn baseball slide to the floor, runs around the corner to come back in, and what are you doing other than wasting a lot of energy, he's burning calories? Holy Christ! Like, why mm. do you do that? It's just like you're overthinking things to be different. He's creating momentum. No, he's actually blowing momentum that he had built up by by using all this excess energy to go to the floor. And have to climb back in. Like, wh- why don't you do burpees too during your <laughs> during your comeback? Rude hits a blockbuster. Then Rude's driven into the post shoulder first. The end of days gets countered. Corbin runs into a spine buster. Rude calls for the DDT, but Corbin counters into the deep six for a two count. And then Rude stops him on the turnbuckle, leaps off, is caught with a chokeslam attempt, but Rude turns it into a roll-up, and he pins Corbin. Not a fan of this match. Mainly because of Corbin, who I think, like Elias, is someone who doesn't benefit from being in a commercial-free edition of WWE television, doing this style of match. I also feel like Rude, to me, is a very unlikable... Mm, or at least very vanilla babyface. He's very one-dimensional right now. He's still just that catchphrase. We don't really know anything else about his character. I assume they're just doing all this to set him up for the heel turn. I just hope it happens sooner than later because I don't find him interesting at all right now. It's just so funny how many babyfaces that just... They're so vanilla that it's just the heel turn. It's like that's the button they press on all these guys. We're already there with Hideo Itami. We'll talk about him on 205 Live. but That's their way of getting turning guys heel. That's great. It's like we got a roster of of just heels that eventually just become likable as heels. And that's our hope is that we get these shades of gray characters where AJ Styles and characters like that are few and far between of genuinely likable baby faces. And even when you find like the perfect baby face... Ah, Sami Zayn doesn't connect. Ah, Bailey doesn't connect. I mean, even when they get the most likable people. That's why I'm, uh, Johnny Gargano, I just feel he's going to be just like Ty Dillinger just, when he gets up to the main roster. That's how they make baby faces. You introduce them as baby faces, turn them heel. They fail. And then turn them back to baby faces. Oh. In some ways, I mean, it that's was... That's the career mode of the next 2K video game. Some of the some of the aspects that were the best attributes for specific people. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rock's ability as a main eventer to do comedy. Steve Austin's what? Um, as well as Steve Austin performing heel actions that were taken as a babyface. Mm-hmm. Like those tropes extended to different generations that that had to be thrust upon people. And the latest one was Daniel Bryan and how he got over. I think you look at those and it was like, these were very unique situations for extremely talented people mm-hmm. that that same philosophy is not going to work for other talents. And you're not, you're not cultivating new tropes. You're relying on a lot of old ones. And I think the babyface one is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Then the Singh brothers introduced Jinder Mahal as the next United States champion. Before we even get to the match, I think this is the perfect direction for Jinder Mahal. Yeah, we've said that. Give him this U.S. title. We've talked about this many, many times. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how that would necessarily work with a Ziggler return. Maybe they have other ideas for Ziggler, but... Are you so sure Ziggler's... I mean, Ziggler will return, I assume, but 
come on, is he is anybody interested in Adolf Ziggler return to face the champion of this tournament? No. So so why why do it? Why do the angle? Like why put the belt on Ziggler? Yeah, why do the angle? I I don't What's the The only idea the I can think of is they have an idea for Ziggler because it wasn't even the case of well, we don't want to beat Baron Corbin. They beat him here and Ziggler pinned him in the match. I mean, it's not that. It's not just well, we need to get it off this guy and on to the next person and Ziggler's are in between. Mm-hmm. Um I it's I'm sure they have an idea for Ziggler. I don't think they just did the angle last week for no reason. However, how about the fact that they did the angle with Ziggler two nights after Natalia basically quit. Yeah. And to nothing. Yeah. No addressing. And she's back. She's just here. I totally no follow-up. Completely forgot about that. So that went nowhere. Hmm. That, there were people thinking, is, is she retiring? Maybe she exchanged scripts with Dolph Ziggler from the night after. And she just went ahead and, um, and read his promo. That's the next level of pro wrestling is when characters on the show can trade their storylines with each other. Yeah. So Nakamura could go to Randy and say, listen, Jinder's doing all these racist promos on me and it's getting me nowhere. Um, Nakamura reads. I know you just burned a house down and stuff, (laughs) but I, like Shinsuke Nakamura and the Wyatt family burning down that house. Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah. Maybe you'll get like um, Nia Jax reading Bray Wyatt's promo. Yeah, or do an episode of Raw where it's a bizarro world and people have to play each other's characters. So you've got that, um, that would be awesome. Roman Reigns coming out as Enzo. That'd be great. <laughs> Jinder Mahal versus Ty Dillinger. Dillinger did an insert promo stating that there's eight men, one championship, but only one number matters. Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mahal retreats to the floor. This was the match that, uh, this was also a match that I got to watch through the commercial break and uh, didn't need to. Dillinger goes for the tiebreaker and Jinder blocked that, hit him with a gut buster off his shoulders, and then he's attacking Dillinger with punches on the turnbuckle. And then Mahal escapes, chops the knee, and hits the Coloss for the win. So we had the Canadian, accompanied by two Canadians, beating a Canadian to, av- to advance to join another Canadian in the United States title tournament. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need a rebranding of this title. There's like a Canadian in every segment following this match. There's like a Canadian in every segment of the show. Who do we got left? Renee, Owens, and Zane? I guess except for the Bludgeon brother. Actually, no, Breeze. Breeze. <laughs> Shane, I guess, isn't. Um, the tag match was there. Maybe, maybe not the tag match. Yeah, we had Natalia in the women's segment. A lot of Canadians. Not the first time we brought this up on SmackDown. A very Canadian-fueled yeah. show. What about what about Raw? Is, is Raw have who are the Canadians on Raw? Well, they had Maurice. Right, it's kind of a way. Um, are all the Canadians on SmackDown? I'm just going through my Rolodex of uh, of Raw performers at the moment. PEI, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. None are coming to me as uh, Canadians on no, Raw. Me neither. All right. But people will let us know. Yes. They always do. Brock. Yes, Brock. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Dasha interviews Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Owens is holding the champagne bottle that they gave uh, Brian last week that he refused. And he reminds us the last time he faced Styles of who the referee was in Shane McMahon, who did everything to make sure Owens lost. And tonight, he has the advantage because he has Sami Zayn. He's basically telling him he's going to interfere. Renee interviewed Randy Orton and his hair, and he says he's been dealing with everyone's issues except his own. He's been ignoring the voices in his head. So he's looking to move forward and to the future, which I think is one and the same. And he's only concerned with winning the Royal Rumble and announces he will be joining. Then Shinsuke Nakamura walks in and says, that's a good idea. Let's rumble. And he leaves. So Shinsuke Nakamura with quite the go-home promo for Wrestle Kingdom here. Well, (laughs) yes, I guess so. I hope he's happy. That's all I, I hope the man's happy. I'm sure, and and I feel okay. that you have an opportunity that he's at least an option for winning the Royal Rumble or having something big at WrestleMania. You know what? Him winning the Rumble and going on to face AJ, I think, is like, a great idea. It would be a massive thing for him. It's not like this guy has been destroyed. It's mm-hmm. just he has nothing, and that could be. That's those three months would be huge yeah. for him. Their challenge right now is is just finding a mouthpiece, right? Uh, or, He's got a mouthpiece. Yeah, I know, sorry. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I guess figuring out a way for him to convey his personality uh, by having him talk, which I don't necessarily think you have to, you know? I think there are other ways to convey the man's personality rather than having him come out and cut these promos. They've been very kind of, eh, I would say they've been relatively unsuccessful. But I just don't think they have any other tricks up their sleeve for getting these guys over. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens is the main event non-title match with Sami Zayn out in his corner. Owens runs into a drop kick right as the bell rings and Styles attempts the calf crusher. But Owens is at the rope, goes to the floor and is selling his left leg that Styles attacks. They went through the commercial. Owens set up for the cannonball and runs into an Ushiguroshi. They did the Fry Takayama spot, trading strikes. Styles Clash gets avoided and then lands a Pele kick. I just laugh because, like, they... Do you think that's overdone? I was going to mention, they did it they between did it Raw twice and... Twice on this show. I think they did it once on 205 Live, if I'm not mistaken. But I thought the same thing. Like, I've seen this two or three times in two nights. Yeah. And it was called Fry Takayama by one of the announcers. Nigel, Nigel. probably. He's the only one who would... You know that. what? It was called because I just watched the Tyler Bate Pete Dunn match, which was awesome on NXT yeah. last week. I think that's where I saw it, and it was either Morrow or Nigel that called it, and it might have been Nigel. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't imagine Vince being there and Byron. <laughs> yeah, Byron calling it. Taco what? <laughs> Fries and what? <laughs> So anyway, there's a springboard. Owens catches him. It's a gut buster. Then he did this new version of an elbow drop where he sets it up like a Vader bomb and ends with an elbow drop. Mm -hmm. Styles takes out Zayn on the floor, runs Owens into the post, and then Zayn complains to the referee. Owens capitalizes by landing a super kick and gets a two count. This prompts Shane to come down and he forces the referee to eject Sami Zayn. 
Styles applies an inside cradle onto Owens, but the referee is not paying attention. Styles goes to the referee to get his attention, and Owens then schoolboys AJ and pins him. He outsmarted AJ, and he outsmarted Shane, and Owens pours champagne over himself. Styles is upset, walks up the ramp, and just gives the glare of death to Shane, and walks to the back to end the show. I enjoyed the match. The finish, I I mean, it's a champion getting pinned, but I thought with really good reason here to advance the storyline. Again, I think Shane's acting has been good in this role. He stands out here at the end and just conveys a perfect expression of, you know, like, oh shit, I fucked up. But uh, still, you know, not having to yell or make big crazy faces to convey that emotion. So... I like the finish. I think it adds another wrinkle to his feud with Brian. This is the A storyline on SmackDown, Mm -hmm. and I think this is probably your title match at the Rumble. AJ and Owens with Brian and Shane Uh, involved in some way, whether you do the dual referee idea again, whether it's it's something heavily involving Brian and Shane on top of it. Where do you think, I mean, it's really hard to predict right now, but where do you think this ends up? You know, it has to involve Brian and Shane directly somehow in the match. If this was the late 90s or early 2000s, I'd be fearing that Shane would end up aligning with Owens and it would make zero sense. Mm -hmm. I think that would just be almost guaranteed Mm. where it would go to surprise everyone. Hmm. Um, Hmm. I just I hate the idea of of turning Brian or aligning him with with Owens and Zane. Um I don't think that's happening. I don't think it should. But you have to do something at some point. Okay, do you think in the end Shane will be wrestling to end this feud? With who? I don't You've know. You've done the Owens match. Mm-hmm. You, as yeah. of now, cannot do the Brian match. Well, and what, that would take quite a lot to ever happen. It's what, I've, what I can't really figure out. I don't think anyone can figure this out exactly. Um, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a good story. It's, I yeah. think it's good TV. Yeah. So I could see this being the focus of the next month, and it's Styles and Owens at the Rumble uh, with some involvement of Shane and, and Brian mm-hmm. um, to tie these two up who are AJ needs an opponent, and Owens Owens being in the Rumble, I mean, is just kind of he's just another guy in the Rumble. He's attached to the Shane-Brian program, and that should have its own match at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. So that was SmackDown. Um this took me forever to watch, but there was a... I thought Raw and SmackDown this week, they were fine shows. I didn't feel they were throwaway shows. I liked the tournament, the announcement of the tournament. I didn't like, really, the matches. We have no idea uh, who the others in the tournament are yet. I, I guess you could predict, can't you? You can guess, games. but don't um, you think that should be... Yeah, I'm sure they'll surprise us. Well, they will surprise us. Yeah, uh, but... Uh, and how did Ty get in there? He's just the person. Oh, okay. He's just there. He's just there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought the tag match was really good off the top. I thought the brain... Uh, brain. That's what I'm calling... That's what I'm calling their relationship. Brain. Brian and Jane. Oh, I thought you were talking about like Pinky and the brain. No. Owens and Zane. The brain relationship I thought was, was really well done. <laughs> brain. Um, and beyond that, yeah, just, you know, sort of a, a, a show. I did watch 205 Live. We're going to go through this in record time. It started cold with Cedric Alexander walking up to Drew Gulak. And Alexander asks, are you waiting for your your boss to call? And Drew said, why would Sasha Banks call me? 
Enzo was not on this show because he was doing the house show at Madison Square Garden. Cedric doesn't think Enzo cares about him because Enzo called him a sugar plum fairy on Raw. Alexander points out the peace and quiet with no Enzo around and compares this to this is a wonderful life and what life would be like without Enzo. And he outlines how it would be beneficial to Gulak and better for everyone, including Gulak being able to do his PowerPoint presentations, even though it's Cedric that interrupts him every week, stopping him from these PowerPoints, not Enzo. They also provided an update on Brian Kendrick. He is on this show. They announced he's out for two months with a orbital wall fracture and also broke the bridge of his nose. So two months. Uh, That's crazy. From the GTS. Oh, my God. From Hideo Itami. Oh, that's awful. Well, it's... I mean, it. it's... Listen, like, shit like this happens in wrestling. I'm sure they went into that match with a lot of, hey, you do what you need to do. It's great for Hideo. They should run with it now that it's already happened. Well, they did play it up here. Uh, because Jack Gallagher had a match with Hideo Itami to avenge his partner. Gallagher cuts a promo at the beginning saying that he heard Kendrick's nose break and orbital bone shatter sitting at ringside. He calls the fans ignorant Chicago pillocks. And then uh, Atami comes. Atami uh, is out for the match. Gallagher slaps him, and Atami slaps back and nails him in the back with kicks. Then he does a spot, Atami, where he pulls down the knee pad and he teases doing a big knee drop, but fakes just steps over him and brushes him with his foot. Like, total heel spot from Atami here. He, he's always done that. He has, but he did it with, like, his facial look here. Like, he just totally feels like he's working heel now. Mm. Which is record time for the company to realize we miscast him here on the main roster. Which Wait, so was discovered saying, on NXT. You're saying he was wrestling as a heel throughout the entire match? Um, There was... I, I think that it was... Kind of more of a heel style from him. Good, um, great. Hints of it, at least. Yeah. Gallagher is able to uh, stop him by grabbing the ring skirt with Atami st- standing on it, and he trips up Atami and gets the advantage. Atami comes back, attacks his knee. Gallagher applies the captain's hook. Atami gets out of that, hits a baseball slide drop kick, yells, respect me, and instead of going for the GTS in Chicago... He applied the rings of Saturn and did it with his uh, with his leg going around his neck, almost like this octopus, um, and won the match by submission in 739. Okay. Just so, to, yeah, interesting, interesting that he didn't do the GTS the second night. Right. Maybe to kind of withhold it. Maybe and... that move is not going to be in his repertoire. I wonder. I wonder. It's one night after a legitimate injury and he didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, Punk's done it for all those years. and How many guys did Punk injure with it? Nobody, right? Did he hurt? I'm sure he, he nailed guys before, but uh, I, can't, hmm. I can't think of anywhere guy missed yeah. action from it. I mean, is that, is that, is that uh, a Tommy's fault, or, or is it the person taking it? I mean, it's, it's really hard to control when you're the guy taking it. I mean, I defer to a worker, but yeah. I mean, it's you're coming off his shoulders I, and just. I don't feel like it's. I don't feel like it's the end of, of that move. I feel like um, maybe he'll. He's just maybe trying to establish a secondary finisher, uh, and that maybe we'll see the GCS still as something that he could build up to. 
Dasha is with Tony Nice and asks about Enzo and Drew Gulak um, two weeks ago showing you a so-called lesson. This was where Gulak ended up attacking his buddy Tony Nice at Enzo's prompting and asks if Nice is still in the Zo train. He says, part of me wants to lay them out where they're standing the next time I see them. But the other part of me understands Enzo's a global superstar and my career has only gone up by joining the Zo train. So he gave no answer to how he feels about this attack from two weeks ago. His opponent for tonight, Akira Tozawa, walks into the, into the shot and asks Nice, are you on the train or off of the train? And Nice just stood there and popped him with a left hand and Tozawa goes down like a total putz and just is out. Hmm. <laughs> Babyface booking. Tony Nice and Akira Tozawa. Tozawa uh, regained his strength to get back to his feet and grabbed his jaw coming down to the ring. Nice went for a kick from the apron here um, off the floor. So Tozawa was going for his suicide dive and Nice was to stop it with this kick from the apron, but he had already gotten like right near and onto the apron. So had he done nothing? Tozawa was running to deliver a dive to nothing on the floor. So he should have just let this guy keep going. He's probably concussed from your punch. So just let him do a suicide dive onto nothing. It'll be a legitimate suicide dive. And then you can just beat the guy. Instead, he stopped him here with a kick and then delivered a chin lock and applied it. Uh, hit him with a Michinoku driver. Uh, there was this great spinning roundhouse kick by Tozawa. He climbed to the top for the senton, but Nice stopped him with a palm strike and hit the running Nice with the knee into the corner and won in 6.48. Good match? It was fine. The The environment in this arena was death for this show. Drew Gulak and hey, Art... How many more weeks until that mixed tag deal? January 16th, I believe it starts, so we're about three weeks away. And how long is that going for? Like, is that the end of... 13 two, weeks? That, so that's the end of 205 Live, you think? No, they're taping 205 Live. I believe the plan is to tape it before SmackDown. Right. Um, so no no longer live, at least. No, it's going to be 205 taped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the mixed the Good. mixed challenge yeah. is airing on Facebook Watch, which we actually don't get in Canada. So really? VPN. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I actually asked and didn't even get a uh, response from WWE about... What is it? What is Facebook Watch? It's their their own online kind of streaming thing that they just launched last summer. And what else can you watch on it? I don't know, because can't watch oh. in Canada. Hmm. So I, I don't even know. I'm not as up on it as maybe I should be. Drew Gulak and Arya Davari came out for the main event. Gulak cut a promo asking, how are you doing? It's at the end of the year. It's a time to reflect. And at the close of the year, the best way to do that is with a best of list. Yes. And he's going to review his best of slides because he's present, he's put together a PowerPoint presentation, but Cedric interrupts him. And there's a shot of Drew as Cedric's coming out where he doesn't even have the microphone up, but you just hear him say, every time. That he gets his PowerPoint presentation stopped. So Cedric and and Mustafa Ali came out and they were both holding microphones. And I was like, oh no. They point out that they're in Ali's hometown. And there actually was a brief chant for Ali. And they state that Gulak and Davari would never be friends if it weren't for the Zotrain. Davari looks down on blue collar people like Gulak. 
and they're being played by Enzo. And they insinuate that Enzo would choose Nia Jax over the Zo train. And they just did this back and forth stuff. They trying to be comedic, and it was a, a little tough. Tag match to close off the show. Um, Davari distracted from the apron, and Gulak then nailed Ali from behind. They got the advantage on him in the corner. Cedric came in, and Gulak hit a running boot that sent him through the ropes to the floor. It built up to a tag with Ali, who was in with Davari, and he hit a spinning dive over the top to the floor. The crowd, at least, was acknowledging Ali, which I imagine... For the people that were sticking around that just came for SmackDown, it was a lot of, uh, who's the Chicago guy? Which one's the, the guy from Chicago? That one? Yeah, yeah, that guy. The guy dressed up as the Hurricane. That was probably what the interaction was like amongst the crowd that weren't exactly familiar with Mustafa Ali other than his hometown. Davari and Gulak had a miscommunication spot because Davari climbed to the second turnbuckle and Gulak admonished him for climbing the ropes and this allowed Cedric to hit the lumbar check onto Gulak, and then Ali popped out and then hit the 0-5-4 to Davari for the win. So a guy won in his hometown. Imagine that. And Gulak and Davari argued their way up the ramp to end the show. And that was 205 Live. Cool. That's what you missed. Well, thanks. All right. Do, do you want to, uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to this Raw report? Uh, Raw yeah, yeah, read the, report? Read, read the uh, the Madison Square Garden This report. comes to us from MJ from NJ on the board who says, Hi, John and Way. I went to the Raw Live show in New York tonight with a friend and his nine-year-old son and wanted to share his this feedback, which I found noteworthy. Woken Mac came out to his Rebby piano entrance and pin Bray. Gallows and Anderson came up for the Elias song, then disappeared before a five-on-five match started with guys who interrupted Elias. They weren't even in the match. I almost feel Vince would release them if not for the fact that he knows they'll help New Japan in the U.S. now. It's really baffling they don't pair them with Balor. Balor lost to Joe. Joe chants were more over than Balor's entrance. I was surprised Enzo was at the show considering he is a 205 Live champion and all. He did have a good match with Kalisto, and the nine-year-old said the following. This is why the cruiserweights are better than anything else. They do every move. I was in shock, but maybe there's an audience for it. Asuka tapped out Bliss in a tag. It was cool. Where There was a cool spot where Bliss did the creepy elbow thing to sell it. I wonder if Enzo did every move in that match. Yeah. I don't know about Enzo doing all those moves. but Well, maybe that's a fan that's going to go to one of the 205 Live house shows later Listen, in January. I think 205 Live could be... It just needs some identity, I think, more than what it is right now. And maybe as a children's program that takes place before SmackDown, is it's not such a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, w- I was listening to our, our friends at WrestleNomics Radio, and Brandon Howard brought up a great point, I thought, that so much of the WWE business, it's, at this point, creative has, for a, the majority of the company... It's great that you have great characters, great creative, but so much of their income is fixed. And the house show in Toronto on Saturday, people are going because it's WWE. It's not because of one specific person. Cena makes a bit of a difference, obviously, but it's not the creative that's driving it. People are just going. It's WWE. And so much of it is just on what the brand is. And what Brandon pointed out was that if there's one example of a brand that is affected by bad creative and presentation, it's 205 Live. And I think those house shows are going to prove that fact, that if you had ended the Cruiserweight Classic and then announced, we're taking this show on tour, 
those would be hot shows mm-hmm. and big demand for them. Yeah. And instead, they've had a year plus of their own show and they're going to do a fraction of what I think they could have done at the end of summer 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to our feedback thread, which is up at forum.postwrestling.com. And, and it's open for people who are patrons of the Post Wrestling Cafe. All patrons can leave their feedback, and that includes, for Friday's review of Survivor Series 2005, a mm-hmm. thread is already up there. Now, this past Monday's Raw on the post-wrestling rating scale, drew a 5.3. Yeah. Well, they might not be doing it on television, but this week, SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings. With a 7. They drew a 7. 7 flat. 7.0. Man. Pretty good. That's a B. We gotta keep track of these way. Definitely. SmackDown, the better show this week amongst the post- Marks, are you are you coming around to it? No. The people but, like it. Hey, I, I'm not going to disagree with the people. The postmarks. I'm a man of the I'm people. I'm going with it. I don't care. Let's start with Steve in the UK. I really enjoyed SmackDown. The tag match was great. And AJ and Owens finally clicked enough for a decent main event. As far as the US title goes, why would anybody want this belt that the champion had tossed away? Nevertheless, a far easier watch than Raw, as usual. Well... It's just, maybe it gets you more money. Does it? That's... Ben Ziggler's an idiot. He, he just doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about entrances. He's just, he's a minimalist. Is he in, on your short list of worst gimmicks this year? Or is there yes. a whole nother? Okay, he's in that conversation I for you. I think so. How is your best of list coming together? No, I haven't even started. I started yesterday. One thing at a time. Yes. Well, we'll be we'll be very positive this Sunday. Yeah. But maybe Dolph will come up next week. My turn? Yes. We go to Brian in Ireland. That tag match was a lot of fun when it came to the near falls, but it's a completely flawed match. What is the point in waiting in the corner for a tag when it's no DQ? Why not use weapons? And why did Kofi not get involved more? Because they're honorable men. The New Day. And he also asks... Will Carmella cash in? That could be a way to get Charlotte into the Rumble. Carmella's so forgotten at this point, maybe I, by design. I, I think that's intentional. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, as far as the cash-in goes, I mean, mm, I don't... The thing is, it's like I don't necessarily see her making it all the way to Mania with the belt. You know what I mean? Do you know what... It, Man, as we go back, and I'm totally giving you credit for this idea, which I always go back to as like a lost opportunity, was even if you didn't do it at Starcade, because that was a house show, Ric Flair's first appearance after all the health stuff on SmackDown. Man, if you, because they did build it up for a long time, Charlotte finally winning the SmackDown women's title, becoming a Grand Slam champion, mm-hmm. that if they had that moment with Ric Flair, Carmella comes, steals the title, and refuses to give Charlotte her rematch, and she's got to go through the Royal Rumble, or at least that's a reason for her to be in the Rumble. Yes. Um, and Charlotte's it. comeback is to get to WrestleMania, which, I mean, granted, Charlotte could be tied into other plans for WrestleMania, that's possible, but that was one option of Charlotte chasing as opposed to Carmella just sitting in the background with the briefcase. I like it. But Carmella versus Charlotte at WrestleMania? 
I don't know. I don't know if Carmelo is good enough to be in that spot. Well, you've put She's a lot of you've put a lot with her. So mm-hmm. she I mean, can keep it until Mania, and you you do the, to me like. I think the pinnacle of Carmella's title run will be the cash-in. I just don't think she's strong enough in ring to really uh, be on par with a lot of a lot of the, the women in the division. So maybe you save the cash-in for, for Mania. Is the, sorry, what it, it, it can extend past Mania too, can it? Well, yeah, until the it money in the bank, the year to year. So they've got so, until June? So she absolutely doesn't even have to cash in before Mania. Nope. Thomas in Winnipeg. Rusev's reaction was so good tonight that I bet Hunter will come back out of nowhere to beat him clean next week. The past few rumbles have been pretty underwhelming, and I think the crowd would really take to a first-time winner this year. It might be a rare chance to elevate a guy in one night and produce a real superstar. After tonight, I think they would go pretty nuts for Rusev. I seriously think it's an opportunity to make him a legitimate main eventer, and they could parlay that momentum into turning him full-on babyface and going as far as to have him go over Brock at Mania. Unfortunately, recent history tells me that the best I can hope for is that he'll get to eat a couple of pedigrees at a house show in Bulgaria. Can't wait. Love the new site, guys, and it's really going to be really fun watching it grow. All the best, Rusev's cousin Tom in Winnipeg. It doesn't look like they're intent on pushing him as a single star. That might change, obviously, but it feels like they will have a tag team title run. Yeah, the... The history of characters like this catching on with the people, the company is typically months behind the curve on getting behind them on their own timetable. I think there's a lot to be done with them as tag team champions, chasing the tag team titles before you break them off into a singles program. Um, but eh, who's who's to know uh, that this kind of momentum will carry on for Rusev? But at least I feel like if being in the tag team division... They're allowed, to, they're allowed to take a lot more chances, and I feel like they'll be able to embrace kind of this organic popularity a, a bit more. On the topic of forgettable Royal Rumbles, not to say last one year's well. I thought last year's was a fine show, but off the top of your head, do you remember who won the Rumble last year? Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. That's why, This is why I hate best and worst of my My short-term memory is so bad. Uh, get, let, me, let me try to find it in my brain. Was it? I'm trying to think about Mania now, which I forget. Try and try and hear what's in your head. Okay. Yes. Well. Yeah. Yes. Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, of okay. course. Randy Orton won the Rumble to set up a championship match with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Yes. And Wyatt won the title in February. Yeah. And it was like he had real momentum behind him, coming off that title win. Yeah. Yeah. And. What do you mean? Look at him! Look at him today! Oh yes, yes. I don't even know if he has a spot at WrestleMania. He might be in a battle royal. Well, at simply having the championship doesn't mean anything. You have to, you know, do something successful with it. He was, he was involved in something that was not successful. Yeah, it was. It was all over with that WrestleMania entrance. The snake entrance, riding the sperm, and then the actual match, which in well, in some ways was more atrocious than the House of Horrors. As much as people are going to debate which was the better Okada Omega match this year, people are going to debate which was the worst Bray Wyatt Orton match between that and Backlash. Brandon from Oshawa, happy Rusev Day, guys. This is crazy. Everything is about Rusev here. Like, I'm just skimming through this. Everyone brings up Rusev. Rusev support grows more and more every week. The WWE says they listen to their fans, but they clearly do not. Why would they not strike on him while the iron is so hot? 
I don't expect them to just suddenly be wrestling for the WWE title, but at least give them something more than losing in a tag team match every week. I would like to see Jinder win the United States Championship and enter into a feud with Rusev. I think we could get some funny moments between Rusev, English, and the Sings. Unfortunately, I see... What I see happening is Dolph Ziggler returning after probably Bobby Roode wins the tournament and saying he never actually gave up the title. I put Rusev in this U.S. title tournament. Just go with it. Mm, yeah, maybe. I I don't know. I, I just like him in English, and I think the two of them are have have some have a lot of story to tell as a tag team first. John from Montana. I think the Chicago crowd made the show much more enjoyable as a whole. I loved how much they were into Rusev and the hot crowd added to an already really good tag team match to open the show. I still think Chad Gable is the breakout star from American Alpha. Sorry, not old Jason Jordan. It seems obvious that Dolph will come back to confront the winner of the tournament, a la CM Punk. AJ versus Kevin Owens was a good main event, and overall this was a much better show than Raw was. I give SmackDown 7 Rusev Machkas out of 10. Johnny from Philadelphia. SmackDown was enjoyable tonight. Styles and Owens clicked better than they did during their entire feud earlier this year. Also, Rusev is really starting to feel like the modern-day Kurt Angle. A total goof who's great at comedy, but a beast when he gets in the ring. He's more over than when he drove a tank to the ring at Mania. Question for John and Way. On Rewind a Raw... Rewind... Rewind a Raw... John mentioned that Asuka and Nia felt like the far-away favorites to win the Women's Rumble. How do you feel about returning Becky Lynch winning? She's the most natural, likable babyface on the entire roster and is one of the most underrated wrestlers in all of WWE. Very possible. Yeah, it's not, that's not yeah. a bad option at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky as a babyface chasing. Becky Charlotte, I yep. think, is a worthy that'd be good. That, that'd be a very good program. Mm-hmm. And given what we've talked about with the their Daniel Bryan love, that's another... Carmella Cashin on yes, Becky absolutely. that they could go with. Mm-hmm. And that gets Becky right in the mix. That's a, that's yeah, a good idea. I do like it. I did like that too. Jalen from Pickering. Orange my, <laughs> Orange, my God. Bobby Roode is trying to out-tan the Young Bucks. Very true. Very or, very tan for a Canadian in the winter. Yeah. Peterborough does not get yeah. a whole lot of sun. SmackDown was fun with a good amount of story progression and a hot crowd. I hope they can... <laughs> I hope they keep doing their multi-team matches with one member each in the match. I know it's probably harder to work, but I never understood in K-Fabe why a multi-team match would only have members from two teams in at a time. Why other tags? Should it not be no DQ? SmackDown was everything that Raw wasn't. Fun times. Seven Royal Riots out of ten. I'm sure in the WWE official rule book... Corderas would have an answer something. instantly. Yeah. Wrestling rules get complicated because the match types get quite complicated too. You adjust pro wrestling rule sets for your immediate objective. We got Eric from Chicago who attended SmackDown last night. Rusev was the most over wrestler with the crowd. The Rusev Day chant started before SmackDown even went on air. It was smart to book him in the first match of the show. Did the Ruby Riot Naomi finish come off as flat on TV as it did in person? Yes. The live crowd barely reacted to it. There were a few attempts at a CM Punk chant throughout the night, most notably in the gender match. Some grew fairly loud, but didn't last longer than a few seconds, and they had an audible negative reaction to them. I was expecting a fair amount of the crowd to leave after 205 Live, but they announced a six-man dark tag match with Daniel Bryan in a guest referee role for after 205 Live that seemed to entice 80% of the crowd to bear through it. All right, let's go to 
Paul from France. Hello guys, I hope Ziggler comes back with a major change. His effing name. In my opinion, they need to repackage him totally. Nice episode of SmackDown with a cool tag match and a funny Sami Zayn. 7 out of 10. Overall, two episodes above average this week, and it was not expected for this time of the year. P.S. I hate Dolph Ziggler's name. To the point he even spelt it incorrectly. I just can't see Dolph being the prize at the end of all this. That's who we have to look forward to. Whoever wins this U.S. title championship, is they get a, t- a match with Dolph Ziggler. Ladder match. Both titles. No. No, I just don't think there's any way you could sell that. I feel like that, that would be on the level of a Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode. It's also the U.S. title program. Then why do this at all? It's kind it's of good. just there. Hey, I'm not even a fan of having the secondary titles there. The IC and U.S. titles, you could get rid of them tomorrow, and I'd be fine with that. Hmm. You can make the argument on Raw you want to have a championship that's in regular rotation every week with the Universal title away, but but, but U.S. I mean, title, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep. That's true, but I do I do feel title. like something like that is good is a good device for somebody somebody in your mid card, like a Jinder Mahal, like maybe even a Bobby Roode on his way up. Um, but having it on a Dolph Ziggler who has no momentum, sorry to keep using the word, but uh, no no benefit to holding the belt, no benefit to even having a match for the belt. Ah, it's hard to me to get excited about. We got to Rob. Who says, Chicago made this show. The heat in the tech match was insane, and Daniel Bryan is so great in his role. A bit slow in the middle. I watch Raw and SmackDown back-to-back, and the blatant repetition in the women's segments is grating. And the final one is Brad from Halifax. I am really enjoying the storyline between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. You can see how both guys can be right and both guys can be wrong without defining either as a heel or a face, and we can just let it play out over time. I also love the idea of a U.S. title tournament eventually leading to new champion who could be an anybody, and I hope that it's not gender. Well, all of this is amazing. Probably the most amazing thing is the tag division. There are currently seven defined teams on the roster, and there are two or three storylines going on at once. How is that the two-hour show can have this much going on and so many compelling storylines, but the three-hour show can't seem to have more than two or three at a time? Why is it a division? Why is it that raw? <laughs> Thanks for the delicious one sugar, one milk. Would love the upgrade at some point and try me that ice cap. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, thanks, Brad. We we do have to be careful with a lot of the uh, spelling, but um, people well, want proper grammar. We try our best. We try our best. Well, thank you for your feedback, and of course, that is open to all Post Wrestling Cafe patrons at forum.postwrestling.com. That's where you can go. Uh, lots of threads up there. Myself and Way, Way just dives right in with his scuba gear. Yeah, I think I think you need to do. You need to a bit more. I'm but, there. But you're you're putting out a lot of uh, uh, news updates, and what the great thing about it is that John, a lot of John's updates pop populate the uh, populate the message board right away, and you can leave your comments below, which will appear back on the uh, site itself. So that is it for us, and we are signing off for this edition of Rewind, Rewind a Ro- Smackdown. Oh, shit. We are Re- going to be back. Uh, do you want to do the whole plug together? No, nah, it's okay. We're going to be back on Friday reviewing the Survivor Series from 2005, which features Raw versus SmackDown, which features Teddy Long versus Eric Bischoff. Oh, my. Which features Booker T with Vince McMahon backstage. There's a lot to review 
on Friday. So uh, that will be up for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. And then Sunday, we have the best of 2016 show. So Mm -hmm. to get all of this stuff, you can go to postwrestling.com. You can go to patreon.com slash postwrestling. We'll all be uploading uh, John and myself's... Is it John and myself? John and me's? John and John and I's? Our reaction video to the launch of postwrestling.com. That is correct. So we will chat with you later, and I'm going to uh, learn how to speak. and Yeah, stop tapping to, the table, please. How to use my hands. <laughs> All right, that's it. Goodbye, everybody.